Welcome, friends. I'm Sarah Ann Stewart, and this is the Awesome Inside Out Podcast. Now, I'm not sure how you ended up here today, but I want to welcome you with open arms. Because while our paths may be different, I'm going to take a wild guess that we share one common desire to have a deeply fulfilling, extraordinary life in a body that we love. A life free of diets, free from guilt, and free from shame. In each episode, we're going to dive deep into mindset shifts that give you the power to decide how you feel, not the media, not your past, and not social conditioning. Then you'll discover how to use this inspiration and this new sense of confidence to be the best you, the you that you are meant to be. So get ready, my friend. It is time to get awesome inside out. Hey there, welcome back to another interview episode on the Awesome Inside Out podcast. As always, I'm grateful to share this time with you, and I am so thankful and honored that you're here, ready to upgrade your health and your life. The focus of today's interview is primarily how our jobs are often holding us back from our health and our well-being. We spend nearly a third of our lives in the workforce, which means for some of us, our days are swallowed up by grueling long hours, client meetings, and trying to hit our deadlines. In the midst of the chaos, it can be difficult to find the time needed to sustain our health and to cultivate a self-care mindset. For this reason, I'm excited to have a conversation with my dear friend, Amy Drosky, a certified holistic health coach, whose corporate job once caused her so much physical and mental suffering that she decided to take an indefinite leave of absence. What she didn't know was the incredible outcome her leave would have on her and the eye-opening road it would lead her down. Today, Amy's passion lies in helping her clients find balance in their nutrition protocols and their lifestyles so that they can be successful in both their personal and their work environments. She's a firm believer that in order to recognize if you are in the right career, you have to be willing to also put the effort into your personal health. And as I believe, if we don't have the ability to show up for ourselves, take care of our own needs, and find personal happiness, it doesn't really matter how much money we make or what recognition we get. So I've asked Amy to help me navigate the intersection of having a successful career and creating a healthy lifestyle so that you can choose right now to make a pivot in your current career or potentially move in a different direction so that you can have a more fulfilled, happy, and healthy life. Hi, Amy. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me, Sarah. I'm so excited. Yeah, I'm excited to have you. I know right now you are quarantined in New York City. (laughs) We were just talking about this whole chaotic experience that we're all in and we're all being impacted by. And I know for you, someone who specializes in corporate wellness, this is an interesting time in the sense where I feel like although it's challenging and hard and frustrating, it's also a really good opportunity, probably for your clients, tell me if I'm wrong, but for your clients who are in the rat race, in the push and go and hustle and bustle of New York City, just to take a moment and come back to themselves and like be in this space of witnessing what it's like to just be at home for a little bit and witnessing their thoughts and their feelings and their emotions. And I'm sure they're coming to you with a lot of questions about how to take care of themselves now that they can't be at work. Absolutely. Yeah. I've been talking to a lot of them about just taking a step back and reevaluating everything, you know, was their food habits working for them? Were their workouts working for them? You know, just reconsidering everything right now. We're given this amazing Mm -hmm. opportunity. So 
I've been focusing a lot on that. Yeah, I would love to for the listeners to kind of hear how you got into corporate wellness. I think it's something that so many people are going to resonate with, especially because there's always the American dream, right? To go, 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 to have more, more material wealth, to have it all at the end of the day. And I have seen with my clients, and I know you have with yours, that it's often and most often at the expense of our well-being and at the expense emotionally, mentally, physically, spiritually. And that's why I love what you do. And we've been friends for quite a long time now. We met in New York and I've watched your journey as you've stepped into really supporting men and women, which I think is so important, create balance and create a lifestyle where they can have those things and they can they can want the success and have all of that, but then also within the structure of New York and how we kind of fall into those traps of watching everyone around us, they can still have the balance and the life and the happiness and the presence and, you know, be able to breathe through it without the chronic stress. Right. And so can you just share a little bit about how you got into this work and why I believe it's one of the most important jobs on our planet, because (laughs) most often people in corporate need it the most. Right. Well, I worked at a large hedge fund here in New York City for over 10 years. So I experienced all of the struggles and pain points of working in the corporate world in New York City. And over time, I started just feeling a bit unwell. I was extremely fatigued and just couldn't feel that same energy level that I used to feel. And it led me to actually developed chronic fatigue syndrome. And I went on disability for a couple months. And I decided to go to one of the best places in the country with the best weather, San Diego. (laughs) So I moved out there for a couple of months. And I just started getting really into eating organic, healthy fruits and vegetables and doing a lot of yoga and just taking excellent care of myself. And Slowly but surely, I noticed my energy started coming back. I started feeling much more like myself again. And I thought, there is something to this. (laughs) So I started doing a lot of research and looking into things. And I came across the Institute for Integrative Nutrition and decided to sign up for that program to become a certified health coach. And my goal was to really help my former self and help people that we're working in these types of jobs, like finance jobs or you know law firms and people working round the clock, really stressful environments. And I really wanted to help them balance that lifestyle with taking good care of your, yourself mentally and physically, because I didn't want to believe that you can only have one or the other and that they're mutually exclusive. I wanted to believe that you could have both because people need to work. They can't not work, especially when you're living, you know, in New York City or other really expensive areas. So it just isn't an option just to quit, you know, to go take care of yourself, especially if you have a family. So that's sort of what sparked my interest in this was my own journey and my own health situation that was a result of my whole job. What did you find that was the most valuable for you in your healing? Was it the food, the movement, the mindset piece, what were some of the things that you kind of took on as daily practices and things that really helped you and supported you? Because you went back to New York. So (laughs) you went back to the hustle and the grind and built this practice that's now thriving. And so I'm curious for you, what has been 
kind of the staples of your routine as you integrated Again, having to work in New York and make money and keep up there, but also balancing your health and your well-being. Mm -hmm. I would say generally it was keeping my stress levels down. And whatever I need to do to make that happen every day has become a non-negotiable for me. So it could be a combination of things. It could be my yoga practice, which I try to do a couple times a week. It could be meditation on a daily basis. And that doesn't mean, you know, necessarily 20 minutes in the morning, 20 minutes at night. It could just be a couple of minutes when I first open my eyes and a couple of minutes as I'm going to sleep. And I've noticed that has made a significant difference in the way I'm feeling on a daily basis. So I would primarily say just keeping stress down and however I can make that happen while living in this crazy place. But it's definitely helped me, you know, stay healthy and grounded and feel energized and well in this type of environment. Yeah. It's so interesting when we start with the mindfulness and the mindset piece, it's almost like when we mitigate and manage the stress, then we don't reach for the food that doesn't serve our body, or we don't neglect our workouts, or we we actually take care of our body when we reverse engineer this process. I think people think it starts on the other side, right? They think it starts with the food and the movement, and it can, and it can be a great place to start when you're integrating a life of well-being. But I find it so fascinating that so many people are like, okay, what is the actual cure to all of this? And it's it start with the mind and start with the belief systems and start with mitigating stress. And then from there, you're not going to be on the way home from work, just popping into that fast food restaurant because you're stressed out of your mind. You're going to actually be mindful and take the time to think about what is going to actually serve my body and my well-being to a greater extent. So I'm curious what has been like specifically for men too, because I do have a lot of men that listen to this podcast. What has been the mindset shifts that really need to take place to start taking on this like wellness lifestyle? Because I think so often we're, we were talking about this before this call, there's this philosophy of like push, push, push. And that's the only way because that's all I've seen my whole life. And so I'm curious how you walk people through kind of getting them out of these belief systems that they're just stuck in, right? The belief that there is no other option. Right. Yeah. And like I had mentioned to you before, I think it's a lot about sort of merging our health and wellness with our career and job goals and that they don't need to be totally separate. Like when you're at work, you're just working and going, 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 climbing that corporate ladder. And then when you get home, you know, you squeeze in, you know, five or 10 minutes of self-care and focusing on yourself. I think shifting your mindset to believe that we should always be taking care of ourselves, no matter where we are or what we're doing or what our goals are in life. We need to always be prioritizing that. And that doesn't mean that other things will suffer or we won't reach, you know, that promotion at the office. So sort of combining the two. And when you're at the office, taking a minute or to go breathe, even if it's just, you know, very short amount of time. But I mean, I remember when I was working in corporate, (laughs) 
I would go into the bathroom and that would be my like breathing place. And I would be done, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe five or 10 minutes, but just shifting your mindset to believe that you can also focus on yourself, even when, you know, you're drowning in client emails and projects at the office, you can still take care of yourself. Yeah. And I'm curious for you, have you noticed on the other side of that productivity actually increases? Because I feel for myself, when I've worked all day and my face is into a screen like, and I'm not getting up, my productivity actually declines throughout the day. Absolutely. And I'm curious if that's also what you see in your clients. Like, I'm sure that the beginning part of this is challenging, right? To break the habit throughout the day. But as they become more conscious and aware, I would make the assumption that most of your clients are having increased productivity. Yes, for sure. Yeah. Our brains aren't meant to take breaks. (laughs) They don't want to be focusing on one thing for hours and hours and hours. You're not going to actually be as productive if you step away from it and go for a walk around the block, clear your head and go back to that default mode that our brain requires so that you can go back to whatever it is you're working on and be more creative and more productive and more energized. Yeah. I love that. I always tell my clients, like take your essential oils with you, (laughs) take a diffuser with you and take a packaged lunch, you know, take the things that you need and set yourself up for the success before you actually even leave the house. Right. I'm assuming that that's probably applicable here where it's like, what can you do throughout the day to mitigate stress levels, to keep your well being going? I mean, I think even in corporate, which it's interesting because When I used to run retreats, I had a lot of corporate clients and they're like, I normally don't drink water throughout the day until the end of the day. Like I'll drink a glass of water in the morning and at night and I'm like the entire day. (laughs) They're like, no, I just keep going and going. And then what they use as their outlet is like the corporate break room where most of the time what's packaged there or what's offered there are the donuts and the unhealthy foods and kind of the pick-me-ups that are packed with sugar. And so what do you suggest in terms of easy ways to kind of start integrating some of these healthy behavior patterns and things that maybe don't take a lot of time, but that they could integrate like that, where it's instead of going to the break room, they're bringing something else that potentially could be supportive. Mm -hmm. Well, a lot of it has to do with just planning in advance, because if we don't plan Mm -hmm for things in advance, most likely they're not going to happen when it comes to taking care of yourself while working a corporate, busy, stressful job, because that's always going to seem like the priority when your boss is breathing down your neck, you know, he needs X, Y, Z from you by four o'clock. So planning in advance means maybe Sunday night, you're doing some meal prep for the week. Maybe you're grocery shopping for healthy snacks over the weekend that you could bring into the office. I always recommend people buying just healthy snacks with like protein and fiber combined so that their blood sugar remains stable. So their energy will remain stable and just having these snacks available to you at your desk, hidden in your desk drawer so no one steals them. And if you have those available at your fingertips, you'll most likely reach for those as opposed to going to the break room or the kitchen and, you know, eating something less healthy for you. So definitely Mm -hmm. planning in advance a bit. Also, as far as 
taking breaks, I often recommend people putting them in their calendar. So again, they become more of a non-negotiable because because whatever's in your calendar, you pretty much stick to when you're working in the corporate world, whether it's a meeting or a client call. So if you put in a break a couple of times a day in your calendar, you'll, you won't book anything else during that time. And most likely you'll actually take that break. So mm-hmm. those are two things that I find work pretty well for people. Yeah, that's great. I was also wanting to ask you, because I think so often people are terrified to go to their bosses and say, this situation, like how the office is set up, how my day is set up, how my structure of meetings is set up, isn't working for me. And it's so interesting because as I've started to study the circadian rhythm of men and the actual rhythms of women. And now we know that the the female hormonal structure is 28 days and there's this infradian rhythm, right? For women. Mm -hmm. And so I think so often, like, because it's so corporate and it's based on what's good for a man, the women Mm -hmm. feel that they are very much not allowed to say, this isn't working for me, or this structure isn't working for me, or the way that things are set up aren't working for me. And so I'm curious for you, do you work through that communication process with your clients where you empower them to actually go to their bosses? And maybe it's not restructuring the entire day, but maybe it is asking for breaks. Maybe it is asking for you know, a different time system of things. Maybe it is asking for a standing desk. Maybe it is asking for a ball that they can sit on in their office. Like, I think there's easy ways to integrate these things that people are just scared to ask for, but I'm always like, it doesn't hurt to ask. The worst thing they're going to say is no. Yeah, absolutely. I encourage every client I have to, you know, voice what they think might be beneficial for their health and wellness. I've suggested to clients that they speak to their HR department about bringing in speakers, people that will lead the team through a meditation or lead them through yoga. And I've, I've helped some companies create their corporate wellness programs. So that has significantly helped employees feel like, you know, it, it boosts morale for sure, but it also helps them be more productive and more valuable on their jobs. So mm-hmm. yeah, I always encourage people to speak up and, you know, express anything that they think might help them be more productive. Cause at the end of the day, that's what the boss wants. <laughs> they want you to be more productive and they, right. want, they want you to be happy. So, and I feel like there's definitely, you know, over the last few years been a huge shift in that where, you know, corporate wellness mm-hmm. has definitely blossomed and become much more popular amongst corporations, small, medium, and large corporations. So that makes me very happy to see. (laughs) Yeah. And I think when you can take actual evidence and proof and research and science behind why these things are supporting teams and really creating more productive environments, I think that that will shift the mindset of people who have been in corporate for so many years and only know one way and they don't know anything else. I think it's actually having to come with some proof, right? That there is a different way that is actually better or coming with a blueprint. I know that a lot of my clients will take, will take blueprints of other companies who are integrating wellness into their 
offices and present it to their bosses and say, this company has a meditation room. This company offers yoga in the morning and at night. And I know my husband's company has been very supportive of people coming to them with those requests and they've integrated meditation and Zumba and they have a gym now. And like they have all of these things just because the desire for it is there and it's actually making people more productive and more willing to stay at work because they know that they can get their workout in any time in the day. As long as it's, you know, they clock out, they go work out, they clock back in. Like it's a much more opportune experience for them because they're able to work around what feels in congruent with what their needs are as well, which I find so fascinating and great. Yeah. I'm curious if you were to walk someone through like one of your sessions with someone, like what would that look like? Because I think so often people are intimidated, especially people coming from corporate. And I mean this with a lot of sensitivity because I I lived in New York for 10 years (laughs) and I did a lot of workshops in the corporate space. So I, so I know that there's this not all people, but there's a lot of resistance to coaching. There's a lot of resistance, what it felt like for me at the time, there was a lot of resistance towards, well, that's kind of a waste of time. Like I don't have that extra hour a week to talk about my problems. I need to just get shit solved. Mm -hmm. So I'm curious, again, the mindset shift around that, what that would look like in terms of working with someone. And I want to empower people to take on an hour a week or an hour every other couple of weeks bi-weekly to get this support, especially if they're working in a crazy, wild environment where they're not getting a lot of care and time to themselves. Mm-hmm. Hey there, are you loving this podcast? Well, a simple way to support is to head over to sarahandstuart.com and join the newsletter. Doing this ensures that you are never going to miss out on any details of new projects, products, upcoming events, or behind the scenes stuff that I only share with my inner circle. Also by joining, you're going to get access to the movement, which means you are part of a free community of individuals standing in their power to live a diet-free life in a body that they love. So head on over to sarahandstuart.com and subscribe, and I'll see you on the inside. Time management is always an issue for people when they first start working with me. You know, everyone's worried they don't have enough time to take a yoga class. They don't have enough time to do meal prep. They don't have time to meditate. And my answer to that is if it is your priority and it is something that you're truly committed to, there is time. You know, maybe you have to give up something else that you've been doing or leave work. 20 minutes earlier, one day a week, there's always little ways that you could squeeze in time. I just, I truly believe that. (laughs) I believe it for myself too. And, you know, one thing that I, I do always focus on is that wellness doesn't have to be hours and hours a week. You can do very simple, easy, quick things that could make a huge difference So one thing I I would recommend to somebody who has such time constraints, you know, and feels super stressed out is, yes, they should be meditating. So maybe do it on your commute to work. So while you're on the train or while you're driving to your office, wherever you may live, 
taking that time to actually meditate and do some breathing exercises while you're on the go is okay. It doesn't have to be just, you know, at this altar in the corner of your home, (laughs) you know, in this safe Mm -hmm. place. Like you can also sort of overlap things you're doing as long as you're not meditating while you're on a phone call (laughs) or something like that. But if you're doing a mindless activity that you have to do every day and you layer your meditation on top of that, to me, that's perfectly acceptable because you will experience the benefits from those breathing exercises. So just finding little ways to not take up too much of your time, but do things that will significantly make you feel better over time. Yeah. And I think also when people start to actually keep track of what they're spending time on, what you're going to realize is a lot of the time that you're using that could be focused on health and well-being is focused on the avoidance of the job, probably being on Instagram, Facebook, (laughs) watching the news. Like there's a lot of that I think that does happen where we think, oh my gosh, I have no time. Right. But if we were really to track and download an app that really tracks how much time we're on Instagram, how much time we're on Facebook, how much time we're on the news, how much time we have the TV in the background where we just stop and we're watching 10, 15 minutes there and we don't even realize that that time has passed. I do believe that there's a lot of that happening for most people. And so when we can become aware of that first and foremost, then it's like, okay, I'm actually, I actually do have an extra hour in my day or we figure out ways to, and I'm, I'm curious if you see this as well, sure you do. We figure out ways where we can, we know we have to be at that yoga class at 5 PM or 6 PM after work. Like we're going to push a little bit harder in that hour to be more productive because we know we're, we have to be out the door. I think so much of the corporate spaces, it like looks good to the boss to be there late. Right. It's the FaceTime. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's like, well, everyone around me is working so hard. So if I don't keep up with that, I'm going to lose my job. And I'm not denying that that culture exists, but I do think that there's room for improvement around it where potentially having conversations with your boss around, can you track my productivity over the time I'm in the office? Mm -hmm. Or is there a way to look at what I've created in terms of outcome versus how often I'm here? Because those two things, like it doesn't matter how much time you're spending, you could be spending a lot of time and your productivity could be bad. Your productivity might not be up to par with what they want, or your productivity might not be creating the outcomes that they desire anyway. So it's like, we have to find that balance where we say like, is what they're asking realistic? If it's not, we need to have that discussion. But then also, am I showing up because this is what everyone else is doing? And then how do I be the leader, I think, in shifting the cultural experience that we don't have to be here till nine, 10 o'clock every night in order to have success and have good outcomes. It actually might be better for me to <laughs> take a break, right? And have 30 minutes off or run to the park and run around Central Park and then come back. Yeah. Now that we have our devices on us 24 seven, you know, if six or seven o'clock rolls around and you want to leave and go for a run or go take a yoga class, That is a great idea because you can still do that, go home, and you still have access to your work at home. So Mm -hmm. it's not like we're cut off from our jobs the second we leave the office. And while I don't love encouraging, you know, working (laughs) from home at the end of the day, 
you know, if that allows you to have that break and have that movement in your day, then I think that's a better scenario than just plugging through the office until nine o'clock and never getting that downtime until you get home at nine thirty or 10. Yeah. And then are there any apps that you love? I'm just thinking in terms of like, since we're on our devices so often anyway, are there things that you really encourage for people to be using to regulate breath or meditate? I think that that's because we're on our devices. It's a good segue into the wellness space just Mm -hmm. because it's so familiar. Yeah. I recommend Headspace all the time. I really like that meditation app. And there's so many, you know, now that a lot of us are working from home, there's also so many great fitness apps that you can use as well. So, you know, doing these things from home without a lot of planning or preparation in advance is so easy. And we can also do these things on the go. You know, you can listen to your Headspace app while you're commuting on the train or taking a work trip. You can listen to these things in the plane and it's helped make implementing these practices so much easier because we have all this stuff at our fingertips. So we're very lucky as far as that goes. (laughs) Yeah, we're very lucky. A few that I really like, Stop, Breathe, Think, I think is a really great app for regulating our nervous system and stress. Calm, I like Calm. I also just downloaded this app called Iris, which helps block the blue light on your computer. And it's been so helpful. They have like a health mode a sleep mode, reading mode, like all these different modes that you basically, it's very cheap. I think it was like 20 bucks and you basically can just change the settings on your computer, which I think also, which we can dive into the sleep component is so important. Yeah. And when we're on our computer, I would assume so many people listening are doing work and then going straight to bed. And that's just dysregulating our entire biological systems. We yeah. really need to stay away from our computers at least. I mean, I try at least a couple hours, but yeah. I know that that's very challenging for most. Yeah, it's hard. <laughs> I mean, these days we're all glued to our devices. It's hard to separate, but yeah, I agree. It's super important to have a really high quality nighttime routine where you're winding down separating yourself from the news and your phones and just taking time for yourself to really relax and get ready for sleep. Yeah. And I think even if that's coming to a place where you're having to bookmark your end of your day with something that you do every single day, just to create that space. So for me, it's doing a forgiveness meditation every night of anything throughout the day that I didn't show up for myself, or maybe I did that didn't serve my highest well-being, or maybe I got angry at someone and I need to send them some love and compassion and send myself some love and compassion. It's like in that, thank you. Yeah. In that space. And then in the morning I start with gratitude. So I think that bookmarking your day also sets you up for, okay, this is my time. This is for me. And that could be even journaling. That could be just doing something reading that could be, I love meditation specifically before bed. Mm -hmm. That could be something that you're just again, bookmarking the end of your day as this isn't work. Like I'm not working and then closing the laptop and then going to bed because then it also creates this belief that you don't get a break from work. And then that again, perpetuates the like, nothing's ever good enough. I can't keep up. I'm in the space of go, go, go. I never have time for myself. And when you are thinking those thoughts, then we create that reality from those beliefs. Right. And so I think it's 
important to come back to like at least getting some time for yourself. I even tell people like go out to lunch without your phone if you can, you know, especially if you're, if you're not clocked in, like take that break. Yeah. So important to have that space for just yourself. It's, It's just so crucial. I wanted to dive a little bit into essential oils and how you, I mean, we both have this love for essential oils. I use them every day, especially during this virus. I love all these memes going around like essential oils aren't going to cure you from Corona. And I'm like, no, maybe not like a cure, but they are going to make you feel better and they're going to decrease your stress and they are going to boost your immune system. And like, I feel like so many people are like, okay, like holistic people, like essential oils aren't going to save you. And I'm like, but they do all these other things. They for sure help. They for sure help. They've been life transformational for my life. And so I wanted to just dive a little bit about into Without going too deep, I know no, we don't have a ton of time, but I would love for you to just share a little bit on like why you use them, how you use them, mm-hmm. why they've been so crucial to your life and how we can integrate them specifically even in the corporate space to really mitigate stress mm-hmm. and to help regulate our nervous system. Yeah. Well, essential oils are extracts from plants. So they come from all different parts of the plant, whether it's the stem or the seed or the flower or the bark. And you can take them either internally, you can take them aromatically where you're breathing them in, or you can take them topically on your skin. And I primarily use lavender essential oil probably the most, which I'm sure most of your listeners have heard of. And it significantly helps calm me down and reduce feelings of stress and anxiety. And the way that I take the lavender oil is Mostly I just put it in my hands. I'll put a drop or two in the palm of my hands, rub my hands together, and then take a few long, really nice, deep breaths of it in. And you instantly feel calmer and more relaxed. And another way to take it is you can also put a drop or two on the bottoms of your feet. So I do that a lot at nighttime. I use them to help me sleep and The reason you put them on the bottoms of your feet is because that's where your skin is the most absorbable. I know that sounds a little bizarre, but (laughs) that's where it's the most absorbable. So yeah, I'm constantly just like drowning in lavender oil (laughs) every day. (laughs) You know, I take it as soon as I wake up just to start my day in a nice calm place. And I take it throughout the day. And then, you know, as I'm falling asleep, I use it as well. I also use a lot of the citrus oils during the day. So like grapefruit or lemon, wild orange, and those oils are really uplifting and invigorating. So they help keep your mood in a good place. They keep you nice and energized and happy and alert during your day. Another one that I love is peppermint oil. And I use peppermint oil also to keep me awake and alert and focused It's also amazing for relieving headache, like tension headaches. I've cured like hundreds of headaches of my own and my friends and family. I carry peppermint with me wherever I go. And you just put a drop on each of your temples and a drop behind your neck and just take a few relaxing deep breaths and you'll slowly notice the tension in your head decreasing. It's really amazing. And there's a few others, but those, I would say those are probably like the three most common oils that I'm using and that I recommend to my clients to use. 
but they really are amazing. They work instantly. And the reason that they do that is because when you breathe them in, they go right through our nerves to the limbic system in our brain, which is the part of our brain that controls our mood and emotions and memory. So that's why they impact the way that we feel emotionally so significantly. And that's why smells often trigger memories, because when you breathe them in, they go right to that memory part of your brain. Yeah. And it continues to like when you're, tell me if I'm wrong, but from my understanding, it's like when you regulate your nervous system and you smell that smell and you know that that smell is there to regulate your nervous system over and over again, Mm -hmm. it's like it brings up a calming effect even faster because it's like it's relative and you've had that experience before. So it's like creating a memory of regulation, which then continues to regulate as you continue to use them. Right. Exactly. Another great group of oils are the ones that help support your immune system, especially right now. These these Mm -hmm. are great ways to take care of yourself during this time. So there's an oil called On Guard, which I love. And there's also ginger and there's oregano essential oil. And all of those can really help strengthen your immune system during this time. The On Guard oil is a protective blend and antibacterial, antiviral, and antifungal. It's got a whole bunch of different oils in it combined. So it's, it's pretty powerful and significant mm-hmm. and it smells like cinnamony. <laughs> it's in every room of my house right now. <laughs> I have literally a diffuser in every room and I just keep rotating and then I'll rotate it with the ginger and the oregano. Oh, it's so funny because kind of when we go into the state of panic or crisis, I'm like, okay, so I'm going to do the lavender on my wrists and behind my ears and on my temples. And then I'm going to like, my whole house is going to smell like, and it's funny, the oregano doesn't smell the best mixed with everything, but you just have to suck it up and get through it. I'm like, this is supporting my immune system and keeping it strong and willing to move through the the oregano smell. (laughs) I have um, an oregano roll on now. So Mm -hmm. I kind of go to that one now more so, so that I don't smell the actual (laughs) straight oregano oil. And you just roll that on the bottoms of your feet and you can benefit from it that way. Yeah. It's so important. What I heard was, especially with this virus, is that depending on how strong your immune system is, I heard this from Dr. Taz, depending on how strong your immune system is, your body can usually fight this virus in two days. And so once you get through that two days, if your immune system is strong enough, it goes away and basically mitigates the symptoms of the virus. But it's if your immune system isn't strong enough, that's when you go into kind of the crazy inflammatory response. Right. And then your body starts to really fight it off in a different way. And that's what actually takes you down. And that's what causes the hospitalization and and worse. So I think it's important. And although people are saying, okay, well, we don't have a cure yet. I keep saying, well, we do have the ability to increase our immune system to the extent where when these viruses show up, we have the natural defense systems within us to fight them off. Yeah. We have a better chance if our immune system is healthy and strong. Exactly. And so I think it's really important that people understand that because so many people keep saying there's no cure. Mm-hmm. Like there's no cure for this. If I get it, I get it. I'm just going to continue with living my life the way I am, living in a state of complacency. And I keep trying so eloquently to share with them. And sometimes it's very triggering, but I'm like the foods you eat, the sugars cause inflammation, even just eating a tablespoon of sugar 
and decreases your immune system to 40% for a day. Mm-hmm. Like there's these things that you can do through food and movement, like going in a sauna and being in front of infrared light and moving your body and making sure that you're doing some cardio to improve your lung function. Like all of these things will a hundred percent put you a better chance to fight this off Yeah. versus just living in the, well, there's no cure. I definitely, definitely believe that. I'm also taking high dose vitamin C right now. Well, vitamin C. Yeah, I am as well. Yeah. I feel like that's important too. Yeah. High dose vitamin C. I'm taking D I'm taking mm-hmm. a, which some people say yes. The research I've shown says that it can support. Yeah. I'm taking, what else am I taking? Mushrooms. I'm doing four sigmatic mushrooms every day, mm-hmm. which is supposed to really support the immune system, which mm-hmm. I highly recommend doing my normal multivitamin, making sure I'm getting lots of minerals, making sure I'm eating really clean and healthy. I'm just doing it all. I'm like, there's no reason not to, and there's no reason to not continue to, because we don't know when these viruses are going to mutate, when they're going to come back. Like we don't know that this is going to be the last pandemic. I hope to God it is, but Mm -hmm. because don't know, it's better to start doing these things, especially I think if you are going very hard, like your clients are in the corporate space, it's like, how do you boost your immune system now so that we have the defense when these things do show up? Right. We want to be preventative. We want to be proactive and not just reactive to these things. And also, again, keeping stress a low level is also really important for keeping your immune system strong. So other than that, like just being in the quarantine, being in the space of saying, okay, I'm going to keep myself well and healthy. And is there anything else that you're doing in terms of like, I'm assuming just sleep meditation, Mm -hmm. you guys can't go out at all, right? No. I mean, I go for a walk around my block at least once a day because I need some air, (laughs) right? There's hardly anyone on the streets, so it seems safe. Yeah. And just a lot of meditating, even just two or three minutes at a time, I'm constantly doing that throughout the day. And just staying social, even though we're in this isolation, I'm FaceTiming with people that I've never used to FaceTime with and staying as connected as possible to my friends and family. I was telling a friend the other day that I actually feel more connected to the people in my life now than I ever have, (laughs) because I feel like everyone's reaching out because they are craving that connection. So I'm actually finding that to be a little bit of a silver lining during this time, just focusing on my relationships and strengthening. Mm. Yeah. There's an interesting meme where it was like before the pandemic and it showed everyone on their devices, just like at a dinner table, no one talking. And then it's like during the pandemic and it's, it showed that family outside in their backyard playing together. (laughs) And it's just so interesting how it has really shifted, I think, our relationship to life and the fact that like we have such a privilege and yet we're taking a lot of things for granted and specifically the connections we have in our life. Like we're yeah. taking those for granted because when we're in a state of what could happen, we're going to lose the lives of people, unfortunately, which is, has been the hardest part for me of just being in the acceptance of if my parents get this, they're at high risk. And I don't have any control of that other than quarantining them. And so if this is my last experience with them, how do I heal any old trauma, pain, 
frustrations with them? How do I let them know that I'm grateful for them? How do I let them know that I love them and that I'm thankful for them? And so I think it's also very healing for a lot of people because we think high risk in terms of maybe diabetes or cancer. We don't do those things because we don't think that person is going to be gone tomorrow. But with this, there's such an urgency. And so I'm in full agreement that like the connection between people for me too has become much stronger. And I think it's really beautiful that we're in the witness of seeing that happen versus the like, okay, let's keep going and pushing and right. Specifically with corporate, like let's make more money, but then neglect the things that are most important to us. And Mm -hmm. I've certainly found myself in the neglect for many years, not so much anymore, but I do still witness myself seeing how I can show up differently in my life through this. Yeah. Same for me. It's been quite interesting and quite beautiful. (laughs) Yeah. It has and scary. And there's moments where like before this, we're like, this is scary. This is hard, but we will get through it and we'll all be better humans on the other side of it. So talk about shifting our mindset is something like this will definitely have that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Definitely. Thank you so much for being here. I'm curious for people who want to learn more specifically about your work. I know you do corporate coaching, even if people aren't in New York, right? So even if people are anywhere in the world, they can do Skype with you. They can do FaceTime specifically. Now, if you're wanting to get back on track for when you do go back to work, I think this is a really good time to dive into this work. So where can people find your work, find you, connect with you, get more information on all of the things that you're up to? Sure. They can check out my website. It's healthyvices.com or I'm on Instagram and my handle is healthyvices on there as well. So it's H-E-A-L-T-H-Y-V-I-C-E-S. Yes. And also my email is amy at healthyvices.com if that's easier for people. And we'll drop it all in the show notes. Thank you so much for being here. What a beautiful conversation. I'm so appreciative of you. Oh, thanks, Sarah. It was so good to talk to you. New York misses you. All right, friends, how are you feeling? Are you feeling inspired to make real change in your career in order to have a more fulfilling, healthy, and happy life? I think a great takeaway from the chat with Amy is that many times the most fulfilling jobs still come with a massive amount of responsibility and stress. And that doesn't mean that you need to up and quit your job in order to become healthier. However, When you feel as though your personal health and wellness are being compromised because of your inability to modify your work or even disconnect from your work, that's when real change needs to be considered. This week, I challenge you to take a moment and make a list of all the things that you've been postponing for your physical, emotional, and mental well-being because of your work. Maybe it's going to the farmer's market. Maybe it's going on an afternoon hike or a coffee date with your friend. Maybe it's starting a meditation practice or committing to yoga a few times a week. Then set out to do one thing that's been on the horizon this week. Challenge yourself to make that workout class or take a night off to cook dinner with your family. So take a moment now to close your eyes and envision yourself doing one of these activities while visualizing yourself excited, joyful, and stress-free. The best part about life is that we are supposed to be enjoying it, and I'm confident that you will take these first steps to make the necessary changes in order to connect with your deepest desires of having a more fulfilling, happy, and healthy life. Change can be difficult, especially when we feel powerless to the constraints of our careers. 
but I wholeheartedly believe that you are capable of living a more fulfilled life and having a deeper relationship with your mind-body connection while creating financial independence and freedom. Thank you so much for being here. I can't wait to hear the strides that you're taking and choosing to embark on this journey to connect with yourself more. If this podcast and this conversation resonated with you, it would mean the world to me if you could share it with just one friend, family member, colleague, classmate, someone else who could benefit from this powerful wisdom that Amy shared today. And also, I would love if you could connect with me at Sarah Ann Stewart on the gram. I'd love to hear questions that you want answered for upcoming podcasts. I would love to hear what's resonating with you and what other takeaways you're implementing into your life. And until next week, I'm sending you so much love and a massive, massive virtual hug. And I'm trusting that, again, you're implementing these powerful, powerful shifts that you're going to see completely change the trajectory of your life. All right, that concludes this cast. It is my honor to always be here with you. But hang tight because I have one last thought. You're here right now because you are ready. Because while many of us share the feelings of wanting more, not everyone is willing to do what it takes to get it. But you are here. You are ready. So this is your opportunity now to take what you just learned and implement it today. Make a pact with yourself to put just one thing into action. Just one. Write it down, do it, and share it with me. We are all in this together. Thank you for being here. You too can feel awesome from the inside out.